0: Over the last seven years, I have tried every kind of marketing you can possibly imagine for my business. And I have determined over that time that direct mail has been by far the most profitable marketing channel I have ever tried. And I've spent over a million dollars just testing it out figuring out what works, and figuring out what doesn't. And through that time, I've been able to generate over 100 deals per year in my business using direct mail. And now I've created a very small, but very powerful mini course on how I utilize direct mail in my business. It explains everything I do from A to Z, and I've made this available to you absolutely free. That's right, no charge, no obligations, Just go to my website, MikeSimmons.com forward slash winning direct mail. MikeSimmons.com forward slash winning direct mail to find out how you can implement my system in your business and start generating more leads through direct mail. Go check it out. It's absolutely free. I can't wait for you to try it.
1: We were the CEOs, which is awesome, but we were also the the only employees and janitors to get it off the ground. And You're listening to the Just Start Real Estate
0: Podcast. If you're serious about your real estate investing business and need real answers, you are in the right place. And now, your host, Mike Simmons. All right. Thank you for joining me on Just Our Real Estate. I'm excited to have you here. I'm excited to be here with you guys. Thank you once again for joining me. If you're new to the show, welcome. I hope you enjoy it. I hope I meet all of your expectations and actually exceed them. If you are a return listener, thank you for being back. I really appreciate that. And if you haven't done so yet, Please go and subscribe to the show. That is really the big needle mover for podcasters like me who want to get found, who want to get discovered and, and be able to help more and more people. I do that by you subscribing. That's what tells uh, iTunes and all the platforms, hey, this is something people pay attention to and they like. So go and subscribe. It would mean the world... To me, I have a very good show for you today. I'm excited about this. Uh, this is somebody that I heard on other podcasts. He was on Bigger Pockets and some other stuff, and I heard him and thought he would be great for the show. So I reached out, and uh, they agreed. He agreed to be on the show, and uh, his name is. Omni Casey. And he's been a real estate investor and broker and coach for 20 years. He co-owns New Leaf Redevelopers with his wife and three kids, which is kind of cool. He gets the kids involved in all the transactions, which is awesome. And he is the co-author of The Cash Flow Breakfast Club. And you can go and get that at uh, Amazon right now if you want to and I suggest you do after you hear this episode I think you're going to want to go out and grab it uh, but you can go now and save yourself some time uh, and like I said he's recently been on bigger pockets and uh, many other shows and so this guy is awesome and I had to have him on the show and it turns out we have a lot of stuff in common actually how we got started and the kind of some of the early on the fears that we had around telling our friends and family what we were doing is very eerily similar actually um, but I had a ton of fun this was a fun interview Lots of gold bombs drop. Just really, really good stuff that you should be excited for. And I think you will be excited once you've heard this entire episode. So guys, I give you without any further ado, Omni Casey. All right, Omni, I appreciate you being here, man. Thanks for doing this and thanks thanks for taking time out to be on the show. Happy to be here, Mike. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm psyched to have you. Um, and I'd love to have just start. I know this is a little cliche with with interview shows, but I think it's it's important to do that. We give the audience some sense of who you are and where you've been, so they have a sense of whether or not they should be listening to you. And it's spoiler alert: you should be listening to him. But I'm going to let you guys choose for yourself by kind of backing up and letting people know what you're all about. I, I love it. And,
1: and before I, I do that, Mike, I just got to say I'm, I'm a big fan of your podcast. Big fan of the content you put out. Um, appreciate you. Everything you do for the, the community. Actually, I went back this morning. A while ago, I downloaded one of your courses um, on the postcard, like your your mm-hmm. postcard that you put out. And uh, this morning, I'm like, ah, it's been a while, so I, I went back and rewatched that. Just pure gold <laughs> thank you. Uh, I in terms that. of value there. So shameless so thank you, thank plug you. for yeah.
0: winning direct mail at MikeSimmons.com. Go check it out. Thank you,
1: man. Absolutely. But 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 me, I'm I'm from Hawaii originally, born and raised uh, in the islands, uh, Oahu. Uh, started my real estate investing career in Waikiki. I became a broker, a real estate agent as well um, shortly after that. Um, and then I relocated about 10, maybe 11 years ago to the East Coast where my wife is from. Uh, and we are investing all over. So I you know, didn't kind of grew up knowing I wanted to be a real estate investor, but I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur, very entrepreneurial family. Uh, dad had a few companies in construction and, and roofing and waterproofing. And I just realized that I, I needed to run a business. And I, I ran a few businesses prior to get into real estate um, and and really just um, rich dad, poor dad, You know, many people kind of start there, read the book and the aha moment of, all right, I need to understand real estate. I need to go down that path sought out mentors, sought out, sought out coaches and masterminds. And I went down that path and I've been addicted to it ever, ever since. So this is the only thing that I've been doing is pouring myself into real estate, both um as the investing side and the brokerage side for the last uh, 20 years or so.
0: Got it. Okay. My first question that, was, that leaped into my brain when you started talking, you kind of answered it. So it sort of took a little of my thunder away. But my wife and I went on our honeymoon to Hawaii. We were in Maui. Kanapali Beach, to be specific, and it was it is the it is heaven on earth to me. It is the most desirable place, and I've been a lot of places, uh, a lot of traveling, and and Maui, Kanapali Beach is like paradise. I was going to say, why in heaven's name are you not still in Hawaii? But I get it. Your wife is from the East Coast. Okay, say no more. I got it. Um, so that makes that makes sense. Uh, so you had a couple of businesses before you got into real estate. What were they, if you don't mind my asking?
1: Sure. I'm a serial entrepreneur myself. So me and a few buddies while we were still in college decided we wanted to get into retail. So we opened Mm. up a retail store at the mall, Alamona Shopping Center. And we sold just stuff, belt buckles and clothing and we got an energy drink at one point. We were teenagers, wow. right? So we're nice. like, whatever we can sell. Um, and, you know, we were the CEOs, which is awesome, but we yeah. were also the, the only employees and janitors to get it off the ground. And, nice. um, you know, I, I cut my teeth on actual business operations, through that. Mm-hmm. Then quickly realized I hated retail and I kind of sold my <laughs> shares uh, to, to our partner and, and got out, uh, transitioned away from that. But I've been in vending machines. I've owned um, a uh, cash uh, ATM uh, business as well. Okay. Um, and then now affiliate uh, businesses uh, so associated with real estate as well. Um, but once again, my real estate investing is by far my, my main business. And I currently run, um, a, um, about a hundred agent, uh, bro- a brokerage office as well. I, I co co lead that in Northern Virginia area.
0: Got it. All right. I'm going to annoyingly go back one more time to your past. Cause I'm just curious. It seems like, and maybe this is just my feed. I don't know, but it seems like there's a lot of like the, a resurgence or a new, um, awareness and, and enthusiasm around vending machines. I don't know if it's just my social media feed that's getting this, but was that a profitable business? Did Was it good? Is it something it was, that I've, makes sense? I-
1: It was, I'll tell you, um, best employees I've ever had are machines. Um, (laughs) but, but you need, you need people to go service those machines, uh, as well. And then the ATM business, obviously prior to the, the, the boom of credit cards, um, was a very profitable business. And, and this is back in Hawaii and there's still some mom and pop shops that are hesitant to, to, um, have credit cards for whatever reason, whether it's, you know, they don't want to report or I don't know why. Right. But the, for you to put a machine in there, their operation made a lot of sense for them. And it was,
0: it was profitable. So nice. right
1: now, I don't know if that makes sense. Um, but yes, I do see <laughs> as well on my feed more and more resurgence. Of
0: yeah, that. it's crazy. Um, so you got into real estate. Did you get into real estate? I'm guessing I, I think I, I'm right about this. I could be wrong. But did you get in as a realtor slash broker? Is that like how you broke in the retail side or no?
1: No, I got into as an investor first, oh, okay, okay, as, an, okay. As, okay. as an investor that knew nothing about real estate, but I'm like, I, I read the book and like, I got to get into this. And so I started asking around, I actually was working at a surf shop. I sold surfboards, um, <laughs> okay. you know, and that that's that's where I, I came from. And yeah. uh, I understood business, loved business and um, was looking just for someone in that investing space. And actually someone I sold a surfboard to um, was a real estate investor. And, and I said, Hey, I want to tag along. I want to help you. And I just basically kind of wedged my way into his life. Um, didn't say, will you be my mentor? I right. just said, I just want to add value and help and and figure out. And he, and he was okay with that. And so got my experience helping out doing a lot of the grunt work of an experienced investor until I had enough um, experience and a little bit of money to actually start investing myself. Um, it wasn't until probably year two that I actually looked at getting my license. Um, back then, when there's not as there wasn't as much information on the internet there is that there is today. So the yeah. the flow of information was impeded by the skill level of my contact, which was my agent. And yeah. you know, I, it's hard to find an agent that knows how to help an investor. Totally. Um, so yeah. yeah, and I didn't I have that more. agent. And and I'm not saying it wasn't a great agent. Just wasn't the right agent. I was related to the agent, so I can say yeah. that. But um, so I got my license because it allowed me to uh, remove one step at the time. That was a roadblock for me. I got it,
0: and I love that. I, I am not an agent. I never have been. And when people ask me if they should be an agent or not, my my answer is usually this: You need access to the MLS. You need to be able to evaluate properties using the MLS. It's the best tool in the world. With all due respect to these third party um, uh, software you need access. So if you can't get that through charisma and just schmoozing, you better become an agent. So whatever it takes, right? The guy that you uh, started, that you wedged into his life, uh, two questions. Um, number one, what kind of real estate did he do? What was he doing as an investor?
1: Mo- mostly multifamily, a little bit of a residential, but mostly multifamily and then some commercial as well. So he's a pretty significant investor. Okay. Um, and, um, which gave me kind of like the kind of runway. I had to start very, very low. He actually backtracked and started doing smaller deals so that I can be more involved in some of the single condo investments. Really? Um, yeah, as a mentor. So it was really, really oh, awesome. Very you know, cool. start out there.
0: Yeah. All right. So uh, this is really key. And this is something that I think is really colossally screwed up by a lot of people. Number one, a lot of people are just not willing to look for a mentor. They think they can just figure it out. With all due respect to the fact that there wasn't a lot of internet information back when you were doing this, I get that. And now it's like almost... there's almost as big a problem. It's just the opposite of the spectrum. There's so much information and it's not all quality, right? And so going on the internet, yeah, it's out there, but it's like saying, hey, there's a needle in that haystack. Go find it. Yeah, it's in there, but you got to go through a lot of stuff that's not great. So the, the, the question I have for you is, you were selling surfboards. This guy came in presumably to buy a surfboard. No reason in the world for him to listen or care about you what did you, like, let's get a little bit specific. What did you do? What did you say? How did you make this something that he would, because he took time out to do this. He actually backtracked and did some stuff that was um, not really in his, maybe his main focus to try to give you a chance to see what's happening. Why would someone do this for you? What did you do on your end to make this something he was willing to do?
1: Yeah, I love that question. And as as you know, not everyone's willing to share their time, right? And I, yeah. I came across people that were not, but I, I found more often than not, the ones that have made it, at some point, they're looking for their next purpose and their next pr- purpose is often giving back. And I think I yeah. lucked out at the right moment is ready to do that. And I will say if if we didn't build a relationship prior to me even understanding he was an investor I probably wouldn't have been able to do that but part of the sales process right part of helping customers we're looking at this $4,000 surfboard and you know so there's there's part of that we're building a relationship of me selling him something and so we already kind of had this connection and it's just like by the way what do you do right and then like light bulb like oh well once we get this board in the water, we're going to be talking about something else. And, you know, so it kind of went down like that, that path. Um, But it is relationships. It is building that connection. And I will say finding, finding not everyone is in a place. Not everyone is in a place where they can do that or even should be a mentor. Um, It's finding them at the right place, right time. And when they're ready to kind of pour back into the next generation, those are the ones that that are really... What kinds of things
0: did you do for him to... Give it. I mean, I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but did you offer any value at all, or was it just please teach me, please take me, please talk to me, or did you like did you offer up something back, and even if it's just legwork or you know whatever, what did you do as to, to sure. give him some value? I, I, I would like
1: to think I did offer value. I, I um so I grew up in a heavy construction background. My mm-hmm. dad owned a few construction roofing companies, and so I had very hands on like knowledge of how to do things. And he wasn't that way. And so I said, Hey, mm. you tell me what you're working on right now. He's working on a renovation project. And he's telling me about a contractor that didn't show up. And I said, I could do that. Hey, I can come out tomorrow. I can do that. Like it's like fix a faucet or something. Yeah. And so I literally just volunteered to go do something for That's him. Huge. Yeah. M- minor. Um. And then along the way, I, I completely, you know, redid kitchens and bathrooms for him. Um. Mm-hmm. You know, things that I've done in the past that, um, you know, took time, but I was more than happy to do it just to be a part of the project. Huge. Eventually he taught me how to find deals. And so I found deals, you know, for him and I would, I would bring a deal and I would, Earn my way. I had zero money to yeah. start, right? So earned my way in with equity of finding deals yeah. um, and then saved up enough to where I could start to partner in and bring money to a deal and, and start to do my own stuff. So That's I huge. think offering value. And I, I don't think I took the approach of tell me what I can do. I, I kind of found out. Through what he's what his pain points were, and said, "I can do that,
0: the, guys." If you're li- first of all that that what you just said is worth this entire time that you've taken to listen to this episode. If you're listening now, I don't want you to turn it off because I suspect there's more to come. But that is so big, right? I was just listening to something recently. It was a podcast uh, that I just recently found, and it was it was like this billionaire or somebody talking about building his business or whatever. And he said, "The worst thing you can do." when you want to help somebody is say what do you want me to do because you put all of the burden on them to figure out how to best utilize you but you just said you found you took it upon yourself to find out where you could insert yourself to be helpful that is as an as an as an entrepreneur myself and i'm sure you would agree it when someone comes to you and says what can i do how can i help it it sounds on the surface, like they are being super, super, you know, helpful to you, but it's not, it's not when you have someone who's busy and they have a lot of things going on, a million things going on in their head. And then you give them this, like, how do you want to use me? What do you want me to do? It's like, I don't know. What can you do? Right. And so you went and fixed a faucet. You, you know, what leaky sinks, whatever, like you just did whatever you to do and built that up into more and more things. That is so huge because that leaky faucet or whatever it was changing out something that is a that is a pain point for that person and it's it's not necessarily worth their time to go and do it themselves but it absolutely has to be done and it's just it's a pain point that you erased for that person and that is so big but like you said finding out figuring out what you could do instead of asking what you could do that's pure gold pure gold and it's so under it's not understood by a lot of people
1: I love that because I get that question as you probably do as well. Like people that we we coach and we mentor, we want to help, we want to give back. People always ask, "What can I do?" And I always think that's nice. It's great to offer that, but it's it is a job for me to figure out what in my operation is you know, and and have to, and it ultimately means. Thank you for offering, but nothing nothing comes of it.
0: Yeah, of course. It it's just it feels to the entrepreneur or to the business owner or whatever, it just feels like another task that you just got, you know, given. So I love that, man. It's great. <clears throat> so you found this person, you start working for them, helping them, you start investing in these in these things. ultimately. Over the next several years, were you more in the single family world, the multifamily world? What kind of real estate ultimately, once you started really diving in and doing some significant things, where was that? What did you do?
1: Yeah. So um, a lot of condos in Waikiki. So we're heavy on the condo side, a little bit on the single family side. And then once I had enough money to start doing my own investments and really wanting to um, branch out on my own and Mm -hmm. do my own things, I couldn't really afford Anything in Hawaii on my own, and so I had to find other markets, and I started to invest, you know, in single families and duplexes throughout the United States in markets that, you know, met my
0: budget. What year are we talking? Um, what year was this when you started? It's about, out? It's
1: about twenty years ago. Uh, so, so this is about two years in. Um, okay. Two years in, so maybe about eighteen years ago. Uh, now uh, branching off and and um, finding just markets that you know I could like that were under two hundred thousand dollars, under one hundred fifty thousand dollars for a single family home. And I'm embarrassed on how many markets I have tested and how many markets I have bought one property and never did <laughs> anything else in those areas. Yeah. Not the way I would tell anyone to do it, um, but I think I was more along the lines of action. Right, just figure it out. Action. Um, have I bought properties that I would not buy today? Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. I have, um, but they didn't. They didn't ruin me. They they just kind of were a step in my process for education. Yeah, um, I think now I'm more in the lines of finding the areas um, that are one great investment areas, but most importantly, I've been able to assemble really, really good teams in those areas so that mm. they're more passive for me. And if I find a good team, which is a great agent, a great property manager, a great contractor team, then I can invest almost unlimitedly in that area around them yeah. um, without that great team, I'm stuck with one property. Like, I don't want to reinvest in those areas just because I've never found that rock star. Team, you know
0: yeah. plan, plan. well you you said you wouldn't suggest that anyone just start buying properties in these areas one-offs and then not but it's called failing forward like you were failing forward you were taking action because the person who sits and analyzes the market for 20 years and never buys one yeah they never bought a bad property but they also never got started right so I'm always applauding people who take action even if it's a little bit messy I just think action action is the common denominator between every successful person I've ever met ever in any industry or it's just they take action they don't wait around for everything to be perfect which kind of leads me so okay i'm getting ahead of myself cuz i'm excited to talk to you about some other stuff too but so you started condos in in Hawaii area you started branching off where are you, unless this is like proprietary, but I don't think knowing about what uh, enough about you by now, uh, where do you like to invest? What markets do you, you don't necessarily have, I don't care if you say the city or not, but like where in the United States are you interested sure. in investing?
1: Yeah. I, I'm still open to most areas. Um, I'm, so I, I look at opportunities everywhere. I would say the last few years, I've made an intentional effort to start investing where I move. So I, I'm in Northern Virginia now, just outside of DC. Mm-hmm. We're kind of right on the border of DC, Maryland, Virginia, West Virginia, We've got North Carolina, all within a couple hours di- uh, distance. And I wasn't doing a lot in this area prior to five years ago. Okay. Um, just a few. Um I, I intentionally started to invest in this area a lot more for one reason, so I can get my kids involved. I got three young kids um, 13 is my oldest, my daughter's nine, and my youngest is seven. And they're at the age of, we're, we're educating them on paper about these properties that they've never seen. And I said, this would just be such a be- much better education if I could just drive them by, if I could just yeah. point to, get them involved in a project somehow. And so a lot of what I've done over the last five years is in this area within a two to four
0: hour radius. I love that. Good. Is it single family stuff?
1: most of it is small
0: multifamily now small multifamily okay yeah. great okay so why go from single family to small multi what was the reason for that
1: so um my education to them is heavily cash flow based we mm-hmm. we flip a few properties a year but we're not flippers uh, and they're involved in that they love that we wholesale a few properties a year but we're not wholesalers but we we are heavily based in long term cash flow of if we buy this property and the value drops tomorrow, we're still okay. We we bought it for cash flow because the cash flow is not gonna drop, it's gonna yep. continue to go up. And I'm not saying that's the only way to invest or even the best way to invest. I'm just saying that's what I wanna teach them, and that's yep. what we we focus on. Um and so um when when you're focused on cash flow. Once you get into the two to four units, it scales up much quicker. Yeah. Um, get it. We do have um, commercial properties as well above four units that gets into commercial um, financing of five and above. Um it's just a little trickier. It's not a set it and forget it forever. It's a set it, and we got to revisit this in five to seven years yeah. because of the way the debts structured.
0: Yes, hundred um, percent So how do you find these small multifamilies? And w- I, I want to ask you also, is there any any part of that, it, it sort of feels like those small multifamily, those two to five units or two to four units, it kind of falls into no man's land. It, it certainly isn't a single family. And a lot of multifamily people want to go bigger than that, right? So I know, lo- I know a lot of people multifamily and they're like, if it's not 50 units, I'm not doing it, right? So you have this, this in-between area that probably isn't as competitive, I would guess, but you tell me.
1: You're exactly right. I think it is a it, we're we're not competing against institutions by any means. It's your average first-time home buyer is not looking for a duplex. I will say, the um, the the, uh, the talk about house hacking over the last few years. Now you have more and more savvy buyers that want to live and and live in a duplex, and so mm-hmm. you have that competition, and that's good to see. Um, but yes, less competition in general. Um, I would say um, what we deal source wise over my career has completely shifted from us going, going out sourcing deals um, ourselves to now we rely heavily on wholesalers. Mm. We rely heavily on, I run an an office with a hundred agents that I teach to be investors. So there's a benefit to that. They go find me deals as well. Um, And early on in my career, um, when people ask me, should I become an agent? The answer is probably not really, unless you want to make money as an agent, because to, um, Although I'm licensed in five states, I don't represent myself. I don't save any money. And early on, I thought, oh, that'd be cool. I could, I could earn a little money or save a little money. Mm-hmm. But that became a hindrance for me <laughs> because other agents yeah. saw me as, I'm not going to tell him about this deal because if he uh, buys it, I'm not getting paid. Yeah. And so I, I quickly had to realize that I had to make sure that all of my brokers, all of my partners, all of my wholesalers, they understood how much I wanted them to get paid. I want them to get Smart. paid well well. Yeah. now I'm not going to buy the deal if I can't pay you well and it makes sense for me. So yeah. I might not buy the deal, um, but I'm never going to try and cut you down on your commission. And so I started telling everyone that whatever the average commission was at the time, I paid like a percent more. Like I would actually pay above market to the point where it was more beneficial. It was easier for an agent to bring me a deal for a, a, a listing that they were trying to get because they got paid more By selling it to me off market, then actually signing a listing agreement with that seller that was trying to beat them down on the commission, right? And so it didn't always work numbers wise, but they brought me deals and I was known as as a guy that just paid well, whether you're an agent or a wholesaler. Um, And then over the last few years, as I've started to establish myself with um, various big, various property managers in certain areas, I told them, All right, this is my first property with you, or, or you got five properties with me, whatever. I want to become your number one client. What does that take? And it, there's a number, right? It might be 50 properties with them. It might be a hundred, whatever it is. And say, I'm committed to, if if one, we are, have the right communication and you help me maintain profitable investments. And this is my, my, um, my definition of what that means. If you help me do that, I will continue to buy everything that makes sense in this area. And if any of your clients... Are looking to exit anyone that you manage right now two properties 10 properties 20 properties for at some point people look to exit for various reasons they're looking to, to move up they're looking to move down or they're looking to get out because they're just tired yep. bring it to me and i'll buy that portfolio and so i've um we purchased we had a goal to buy 52 properties last year we only end up uh, closing on 46 which is our biggest year ever we set a big goal but the reality is um, most like th- that was several big portfolios is really what wow. it came down to. And so we, we buy the entire portfolio from the landlord. It gives them the ability to exit at one time. So they're willing to give it at a fair price or discount because of yeah. the, instead of two years, this is done in one month. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. and so it makes it easier. Also, um, most landlords we deal with, let's say the properties have been paid off, but at some point they cross collateralized the loan and it made it difficult for them to sell it one at a time. Not to say they couldn't, it just made it difficult for them to do that. So we were able to buy it at once and then, um, usually a cash purchase and then we refinance and we do the burst strategy on everything that we can to kind of reposition financing wise. The ones that we don't like that don't fit our portfolio. We don't keep a lot of single family homes anymore. We fix it up and sell it or we wholesale it off and we keep the ones that we like.
0: Love it. I love that. Um, so are most of these happening in your local market then this this yes. 46 properties. Okay. So that's so your goal then if I'm if I'm going to if I'm doing this properly and I think I am, 52 properties was one a week. You want to buy week. one property a week. That's very cool. I like that. And in 46 by the by the way, that is a really good point, too. you you make a goal if you fall just short of it, but your goal was, you know, a, a nice big stretch goal that made you excited. that's that's really awesome because my guess is if your goal would have been forty six, there's a chance it might have been less than forty six, right? So you that's why you should always make those those longer goals. Yep. So uh, in this market that we're in now, first of all, let me say this, and I'm obviously saying it tongue in cheek. You bought 46 properties last year. We're in a very, very strong sellers' market. Prices are high. Huge mistake, right? Huge mistake <laughs> to buy in this market. It's huge. You have to wait for the market to crash, man. Regretting
1: every decision I made last oh year. Oh my yes.
0: gosh! Yeah. You're just—I can't believe what a bad decision that was. I'm not. No, I'm just kidding. But that's—I get this a lot. Should I wait? I'm. I want to. I just got SS last night on q and I did. Somebody said I'm getting ready. To, I want to start building a portfolio, but. I think I need to wait until the market crashes. (laughs) Just like it frustrates me, right? Why are you going strong? This is the best year you've ever had, or I should say the most amount of properties ever bought in a year. Why? Why in such a high appreciating market right now that we're in, why would you do that?
1: One, I wanted to... I think I was getting a little stagnant and bored. We we typically do five to fifteen a year, depending on it, but we had no real structure. When I say we, it's me and my wife. It's a very small family company and my three kids. And I really wanted to one set a goal to figure out what our limit was. And I started a, a real estate meetup and I I started, you know, coaching and helping people, you know, in the area and the number one complaint is there's no deals there's no there's nothing out there and i just want to say well <laughs> there's deals right yeah, there's there deals um, and so i really want to prove to the community that it's possible just go out and uh, and do it and i would say as people start to wonder as people start to be nervous about buying that's always when i go all in that's always like so if yeah. there's a month or two month pause in the market i am making offers during that period because yeah. real estate does not let me down in my strategy of holding long term, yeah. now if my strategy was a quick fix and flip or quick um, equity, then then I have to time the market, right? And and I like I said, I fix and flip several properties a year, but I'm not a flipper. Yeah. Uh, if my main strategy is is buy and hold and never sell, which that's my strategy, I can make it work in any market. Got it.
0: I love that. So, what is the plan long term then for you? What are you looking to do over the next five to ten years?
1: Yeah. I, um, everything I do right now, I'm trying to just use as education for my kids. And so I'm at a point where I, my wife asked me this almost every time, like, do we need any more properties? No, we don't need any more properties, <laughs> but I want to buy, I'm addicted yeah. to buying real estate. Yeah. So, um, I, I, I'm in a, a uh, interesting spot where deals come my way and I try to feed it to my agents that I coach because I'm helping them become investors as well, or just local investors and, and send it their way as well. Um, and then if they don't buy it, then I I make an offer and and, and I buy it. So a lot of coaching, um, I'll probably hold out for bigger and bigger deals. So fewer transactions, but bigger, like 25 property portfolios, 30 property portfolios, um, You know, getting into some of the things that are stretching my comfort zone a little bit. Um Fewer of the one-off transactions would be my guess. Um, I was sitting there with someone just this morning, um, a Thirty-something-year-old, you know, new investor that's been on the sidelines for three years, mm-hmm. and kicking himself for not buying something last year, kicking himself <laughs> for not buying something the year before, and we're looking yeah. at this property. It's in it's in Charlottesville, Virginia, just like two hours, three hours from us, and it's a duplex. And all right, it's in the mid threes. Um, it's a value add duplex, and it's it's not a, an amazing cash flow. We're running the numbers though, and, and at, after everything's said and done, it probably cash flows about. Five hundred bucks a month or so, right? After okay. paying property manager and reserves, and that's decent. But he's looking at what it used to cash flow at at a three and a half percent interest rate, right? It used to cash flow a lot more, and he's yeah. like, "Oh, I don't know if that makes sense." So he's kind of holding out for the exact same conversation. Should I wait? I'm like, "Well, the prices are going up," and so we we what I like is to kind of reverse engineer the math. And I get accused of talking about math a lot, and then some people drone out when they hear math. <laughs> but I think math kind of gives us some freedom of, of understanding that. So this particular person has still has a day job. Let's call it $50,000 a year, maybe somewhere in the fifty dollars to $60,000 a year uh, day, uh, day job, has not bought any real estate yet. And so we're talking about this one investment, his first investment that would be $500 a month, not enough to retire on, not enough to be financially free. But if you re- re-engineer the numbers, and I have the, the math here just from my, my work uh, exercise <laughs> with him, basically... a year turns into $25 an hour, roughly, right? And so if you say $500 a month, divided by $25 an hour, he's buying with that 20 20 hours a month or two and a half days a month of freedom. That's it. One property, two and a half days of freedom. That's awesome. We we extrapolated that out over 10 years. It turned into every 10 years that one property was buying him one full year of freedom. That's it.
0: That's a cool and way then, of looking at it.
1: Yeah, cool way of looking at it. Sure, 500 is not going to make you financially free, but it is a stepping stone yeah. to get there or even partially financially free. You got to start somewhere. Yep. And sure, it's not the $1,000 a month that you're hoping for or 2000 whatever, but just take that step and it gets you a little bit closer to what the end goal is for whatever your goal
0: is. I love that. Now, speaking of getting out of your comfort zone, I don't know... For sure, if this was the first book you've written, but you just recently wrote a book and released it. It's called the Cash Flow Breakfast Club. It's over your shoulder. I'm actually reading it over your shoulder. Mm -hmm. Um, Was that your first book, and why did you do it? I've written a book too, and I know what is involved. Why did you do it? Unless you love to write, why would you do this? I,
1: I, I wouldn't wish uh, being an author on any, anyone in my life. Um, I'll tell you. Yeah. Yes. It is. It is first book that I published. Um, I've written to the sequel to this, that I don't know if I'll ever go through the process of publishing it, but um, I wrote it several years ago. Um, I, I think it was more therapeutic for me to write than anything. It was my story. It started out as my story. Okay. And my my investment career for the most part was in secret is not the right word, but we didn't tell the world. We yep. didn't tell my family. We didn't tell my we wife's did family. We the exact
0: same thing, yeah. dude. My wife and I, when we started, we didn't tell anybody. Go ahead. This is fascinating and, to me. I and, love meeting someone like me. Yeah, exactly. And
1: I had in my head, I had the reasons why, right? Yeah. And it was- looking back at it from, from the uh, therapist couch, um, is like, it was probably my insecurities, right? Because yeah, I didn't want to sure. be rejected. I didn't want whatever, right. I didn't want to come off as one. I didn't know what I was doing to start out. Yep. So I'm not going to go tell people about something I'm about to fail in possibly. And then yep, I start to yep. see some success, but as we know, some success is still struggle and failure, right. Yeah, yeah. In real estate. And yep. so there was never a clear cut, like, Oh, now I know. I'm an amazing investor transition, um, <laughs> where it made sense. And once I start to see the success, it kind of, I felt guilty of should I should have told people a while ago oh so my it just god dude it, this
0: is like literally this is how what I lived this it's so yeah. funny you say that I had that same it, thing too like now it's awkward because there's this time period that I should have told them yeah go ahead I'm sorry it's just so funny it, no, exactly what it, I and did.
1: and I, I, yeah we I relate to you so much because I just once again it is awkward. And so many of my uh, my family did not find out, a, or friends, family, people I grew up with did not really find out about the extent of what I do in real estate until I, I was on Bigger Pockets uh, episode last year. That was really the first time wow. most of them heard about it. Some oh. of them, a little bit, they've, they've reached out <laughs> to me said, hey, I, I saw something that you posted locally. And I don't live where all my friends and family, they're all in Hawaii and I'm yeah. kind of a whole world away. Yeah. So I've been somewhat separated. Um, and now since it came out now, like it it is guilt that's driving me. I feel so guilty about not helping, (laughs) not coaching, not training. Um, I have a big family and all my family, turns out they love real estate, which I did not know. Right. Yeah, They love, they're obsessed. They all want to do it now. And so now I'm helping every, I got, uh, uh, there's eight siblings total right seven seven boys one girl my goal is to help each of each of them buy a multifamily to get into it nice. and some of them are several properties in some are just kind of on the sidelines waiting waiting to do that um, but it's been so rewarding with not just family but friends um colleagues as well just kind of telling your story um but once again i started to feel guilty so i wrote the book as therapy for me to kind of get my story out and get my lessons out yeah and as i was locally, coaching and training really real estate agents that are under me. I wanted to help them to not just learn how to be a good real estate agent, but learn how to be financially free through real estate investing as well. So I was using that as my training manual. So So it kind of became my manual. Um, Never thought I'd actually publish it because I never really wanted my full story out there. Mm. Um, My wife last year said, all right, well, it's ridiculous. You wrote this full book. We might as well go through the process of publishing it. And she helped me revamp it into a a fictional story. It's still like 95% my story, Yeah, but we're able to, it's easier for me to tell um, in this fictional character that happened to be growing up in Hawaii, that happened to get into real estate investing and become a real estate agent and go through so many things and actual transactions that I went through or people that I've coached uh, went through. Um, And then once I had that mind shift. I'm like, all right, this is easier for me to tell my story and and kind of put it out there. Um, And so the book finally got published, you know, last week, really on my birthday, um, which was a a surprise three years later. Uh, And we're excited about that, but it really is the, the steps that I went through to become financially free through real estate, the steps that I have helped many people coaching wise, very very plain steps, right? Like it's it's save up money. It is buy buy investment real estate, buy cash flow real estate, don't waste that money, go use that to go buy more real estate, eventually yeah. get into diversifying, but doing that at the right time. So it's it's through a power parable format, but there's some pretty good steps in there to help anyone that's interested in real estate. That.
0: I love that. So how can people get it? Should they go straight to Amazon? Is there a website they should go to?
1: um, So Omni the Investor Guy, there's a place to buy the book on there. Um, But Amazon, it's in uh, Kindle format, e-format, and print right now. We actually sold out the first week, so we had to get more into Amazon. So by the time this comes out, it should be available. And then um, actually, by the time this comes out, the Audible version should be available as well. We're we're having someone record that for us, so we're excited about that.
0: I, I also, this is a strange, weird Fact, but I wrote my book. I decided not to do the Audible thing myself. Uh, but then last year, I had a, a close friend of mine write a book, and he asked me if I would, if I would narrate it, if I would do the Audible. And I didn't even want to do my own because I thought this is going to be awful. And I was right. It's awful. It's not fun recording the audible version of your book, but I did it for somebody else's book, which is crazy, but it also made me really realize how hard that is. So uh, you're smart to have somebody else do it. It's not a lot of fun. Uh, But congratulations, by the way, on the book just coming out and also happy birthday a few days ago. That's great. Last week, Um, guys, go and grab that book. So what do you tell people now? I know you do coach and mentor people. What is your advice for folks who are getting in? I know it's cash flow and reinvest that money, which is huge because I know a lot of people who make a little bit of money in real estate. And next thing you know, they have a boat or they're going on some crazy vacation. But and I did the same thing. I mean, I reinvested like crazy for a number of years. But what is like if someone comes to you and says, you know, it's 2022, um, interest rates are going up, prices are still sky high, like what do I do? i I don't know what to do in this market. I feel intimidated. well, how do i how do I get started?
1: yeah. and and so, And, and like that happens like three or four times a week to probably most experienced investors, right? How do I get started? And, and the answer is probably different for everyone. You know, do you have some capital to invest? And then there's a strategy for that. Do you have time to invest And There's a strategy for that. Do you have some experience that you're bringing to the table? You have to bring one of those three things to the table.
0: Thank you. It's very, it's
1: very, very hard, right? Someone comes to me and say, I got, I got no money. I got no experience. And I really don't have any time. I know. No, so what, yeah. what what do I do? I'm like, yeah, you go go to your day job, right? Yeah, or, or, or go quit, and and you know now you have time, or go earn some more money, yep. and and now you have. So you need one of those, so sure. um, and the willing to hustle, you know, along those lines. And so as long as you have one of those, will put you into a category, path of, and I like to chunk. I used to do ten year plans because that's where I set my life in ten years. Like I reinvented myself every 10 years, or I tried to reinvent myself uh, every 10 years and and really wanted to be able to fire myself from whatever I was doing, become hopefully successful at that, and then Hopefully it's passive by that point and then take on a new venture. And so that's where I went from, from uh, being a a successful real estate agent to getting into the broker, the coaching side of things and getting into, you know, bigger things, hopefully every 10 years. Now I'm saying, I wish I did it every five years (laughs) because just reinventing yourself, retiring every five years from what you're doing um, to really push for the next thing um, really is, is what it is. So if someone's saying... All right. For the next five years, I'm going to commit to a plan, and it's going to be a very basic plan, and it's buying one property a year, or two properties a year, or flipping three, whatever it is. Right? Commit yep. to that, and then reevaluate it because too many people say I'm going to become a flipper, or a wholesaler, or a cash flow buyer, and I'm going to do that for the rest of my life. And it, you kind of get sucked into, it's not financial freedom. That's just another do, another job, another yeah. business. You need to see the end goal plan for profitability or passiveness of whatever you're doing by that time frame, so that you can reevaluate and say, now I have passive income. Now, how do I scale my wealth? Now, how do I take bigger risks, maybe bigger rewards now that I can afford to do that? And yeah. so setting that up in five years is, is kind of what I tell everyone to do now.
0: I like that. When you said you reinvent yourself every 10 years, I, my brain immediately said, I, I need less. I, I couldn't do that. I know I will not stay on one course for 10 years. I'll never do it. So five does sound like a good number. And I like what you said too, um, money, time, or experience. And, and you have to have something. You can't come to somebody like Omni or me or anybody who you want to get advice from and say, I have no time, no money, nothing. What do I do? How do I become rich in real estate? It's like I don't know what you. We're not magicians, you know. what I mean, we you're can right. give you advice, but we can't. We can't make. We can't bend and shift time. So you need something, right? You need to have, have some way there. And by the way, it's very legitimate and makes total sense to go and apprentice or work for somebody for free for the knowledge exactly what you did, right? Make yourself uh, valuable to somebody and then make yourself indispensable. Get all the value that they can provide you with a mutual arrangement that makes sense for everybody and then go on and do your own thing. That's free. It doesn't take tons and tons of time. Like. You can do it. I never want to hear the excuse, I wasn't born in the right city. I don't have enough money. My parents never told me anything about entrepreneurship. My parents worked in the automotive industry, like union, automotive. I'm in Michigan. Like, do you, How many entrepreneurs do you think I had around me? Like zero, right? Sure. Zero. So there's no excuse if you want it bad enough. Like, like I said earlier in the show, the common denominator of success is action. So get out there and, and start taking action. It will be messy at times, but I think that's that's really what people do. I'm nine man. Listen, It's been a real pleasure to meet you and to have you on the show. I listened to some things that you were on. I I investigate. I always do that, right? I go in and try to figure out who I'm going to be talking to and you know, usually I have a sense of whether or not I think it'll make sense. And this one definitely did. You're a great guy, uh, super forthcoming and, and um, you know, very transparent, which is awesome for a host like me to have somebody on who can talk and be very transparent. And uh, you say things plainly, which is super, super helpful when you're trying to understand a concept. So thanks for being on. Thanks for being so giving with your time and dropping the gold bombs because you did drop both gold bombs here. And uh, that is that's huge, man. I appreciate your time.
1: Anytime, Mike. This is this is awesome. Love love the conversation as well.
0: All right, man. Thanks, and uh, hopefully we'll be talking in the future, and uh, we'll catch back up and see what you're Look up to. Look forward to that. All definitely. right, man. Good luck with the book, and uh, go grab that book, Cash Flow Breakfast Club. Go and get it right now, and uh, they'll be back in stock by the time you guys hear this. So go grab it. All right, man. We'll see you next time. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed that. Some serious gold bombs dropped by Omni in that conversation. Uh, Lots and lots of great stuff to take away. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Hopefully you really took to to heart some of that stuff that uh, I said... uh you know, was probably the gold of the show. And there were a few times I said that. So uh, it might be another one to, to listen to again and again to kind of g- extract that gold time and time again. But either way, guys, if you're listening to any of anything, even my podcast, if you're listening to it again and again, do it while you're out doing business getting deals, signing contracts, selling houses. like Don't sit at home and listen to this stuff. Listen to it on your drive. Listen to it while you're out making things happen. That's the name of the game. Get out there and get started. Make today the day that everything changed for you. And you look back in a year and go, that was the day I got started. Make it today. We'll see you next time.